Welcome to the ACC Now podcast. I am C.L. Brown, the UNC beat writer for the News and Observer, and will be hosting this episode with a month left until Selection Sunday. Our next guest has been synonymous with college basketball for the past like 20 plus years. Andy Katz covered the college hoops with ESPN and is now all over the place where you talk in college basketball. You'll see him on NCAA.com, the Big Ten Network, Turner Sports, and he joins us on the ACC Now Pod. Thanks for coming on, Andy. How are you? Good to hear from you, CL. All good? Yes, and and I wanted to start just by acknowledging your son got into Duke, so we might see you down this way more often, huh? Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it was... Um... He is headed there for the fall of 23. Very excited. So um, I will definitely be down in the triangle a little bit more. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to shadow and hover, but uh, <laughs> you know, the good thing is my job does take me down there. Yes. Yes. Well, that, that is awesome. Congratulations to him for sure on that. Um, now you'll just be called a Duke Homer by yes, yeah. Carolina state fans, but that's all good, right? <laughs> yes. Well, uh, let's jump right in. We're about a month out from Selection Sunday and, and March Madness and all the fun beginning. Um, I wanted to to start off just by kind of looking at your overall uh, four top seeds for the NCAA tournament. I know you just put out a bracket um, prediction on NCAA.com. Um, and, and you were broadcasting... Sunday at the Purdue Northwestern game, right? I mean, you you essentially predicted that upset, didn't you? Almost by by saying the students were going to rush the court. Yes, that is true. Uh, but I mean, it was looking like that, uh, you know, deep into the second half, and then kind of a problem that Purdue had against Indiana late and Iowa. Even though they beat Iowa, you know, those freshman guards as good as they've been this season, they didn't really handle pressure well. And that's going to be an issue for them in the NCAA tournament if they don't correct it sooner than later. They got a huge game Thursday. I'm actually going to beat that one too uh, at Maryland. So, um, you know, as we're seeing in most of these leagues, oddly enough, just not the SEC for Alabama. I mean, it's almost impossible in today's climate to run the table in a conference, Uh, just especially the second time around in the league when there's familiarity and scouting and so on. Uh, so, you know, it's just so difficult to win on the road in these conferences. Yeah. And Maryland has played, uh, are, are they still undefeated at home in league play? That is correct. Their only loss was that non-conference home loss to UCLA. To UCLA. Yep. Okay. Okay. That, that's going to be a crazy environment. I'll admit I'm still these many years later, I'm still not, uh, I, I can't really, uh, come to terms with Maryland being in the in the Big Ten and not the ACC and not having <laughs> having some road trips up there. It's, it's no, still... it's weird. See, I'll just for a second to say. I mean, I know this is ACC, but uh, you know, I are you know within a couple of years of each other, and uh, I, I agree. It's weird. Some schools, um, like you know, some people say, oh, "I can't believe Rutgers is in the Big Ten, but I don't really have a sense of where Rutgers was before. I mean, I know they oh, were. Yeah. You know, Big East, American, Independent, whatever, the Atlantic 10. But, like, there was no history there. Um, and to me, it'll just be weird when Texas and Oklahoma are obviously in the SEC. Uh, it's still strange for me that Missouri's in the SEC. And, 
uh, you know, the same thing will be true, obviously, when UCLA and USC come to the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy times, crazy times. Well, let me get back on track. So um, that doesn't change. This upset obviously doesn't change the fact that the, the Boilermakers are going to be a number one seed. When, when all is said and done, who do you see being those top four number one seeds and the overall number one seeds for the tournament? Well, a week ago, I thought it would be Purdue. Now I'm going to say Alabama. Um, and I would say that those two are pretty locks right now. Uh, Houston is the third lock, but Houston has a very thin margin for error. They play Memphis twice. And I think if Houston were to lose one or two more games, certainly if they lose two more games, you know they can be replaced. Now someone has to replace them. And to me, the top candidate, you know, is UCLA. If UCLA wins the Pac-12 by a couple games, um, I could see them replacing them. I don't see an ACC team, obviously, going up there. Uh, but I do believe whoever wins the Big 12 will get the other number one seed. So is that Texas? Is that Kansas? Is that Baylor? Is that K-State? Um, you know, whatever team wins the Big 12, I think will get a one seed. And and you just mentioned, of course, the ACC presence is missing uh, from those top four seeds for another year. It doesn't. Twenty nineteen wasn't that long ago when when it was Carolina, Duke, and and eventual national champion Virginia all as number one seeds. Um, it, that that might as well be my childhood at this point. The league is is kind of down again. Um, from your perspective, what do you feel like has been more responsible for this kind of valley, if you will, in league play? Is it is it maybe the traditional powers not not playing up to, you know, what we've typically seen? Is it uh, you know, a talent drain? Like what what do you feel like is is kind of causing this uh this dip? Well, I think there are a couple of things. I mean, first of all, it's a combination. Uh, you know, with Carolina um, you know, they could be, it could be a case where if you remember a year ago, I mean, I know you know this, they got hot, um, you know, heading into that last game at Duke that I was at, uh, you know, they were, they were going to make it, but they weren't flying into the tournament. Um, and then they went on this great run, you know, Duke, I, I would have liked to have seen, and I know all well, this excuse, blah, 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 but I mean, this is the truth. They have never been completely healthy. Uh, now, we'll see if they are going forward now. Whitehead's back. But, you know, they, they just have not been a full team for a long stretch of the season. And, you know, Roach was out for a bunch, and he is such an important piece. Um, so let's see, you know, how this all goes down the stretch here. Um, I do think that Virginia and Miami, like I think Miami is really good. And I could easily see those two teams being, uh, you know, second weekend teams. And and actually, I would not rule out uh, on Saturday when the top 16 comes out from the NCAA that the ACC has as many top 16 teams as the Big Ten, uh, you know, because I think Purdue and Indiana will be on those top four lines, and I could definitely see Virginia Miami being on the top four lines. Mm. So the other problem, of course, as you know, is Florida State is having a historically down year. Yeah. Almost never happens to Leonard Hamilton. 
So that's number one. Number two, Louisville is epically bad. That hasn't happened. Uh, you know, then you've got sort of a, a mediocre group of, um, you know, Notre Dame is down. Georgia Tech is down. Syracuse is very average. Um, you know, Pitt's playing well. Are they elite? No, but they're playing well. You know, Clemson's been up and down, but they're, you know, both going to be tournament type teams. Like, to me, Clemson, Pitt, NC State, and Wake are having good years. They're not great teams, but I think they're all going to sort of find a way to get into the tournament in an era when, uh, you know, the sort of bigger brand names are just not, are, that are, they're just struggling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and speaking on Duke for a moment, um, John Shire said that, speaking of them not being healthy, that uh, Filipowski has to have an MRI. I think he got hurt in overtime, or it, it might even have been on that last play in regulation against uh, Virginia, and, you know, he might be hobbled here this week. Um, and, and I actually wanted to talk to you about, ask you about that, that last second play at Virginia and Duke's loss up there. Um, uh, just from what you've seen nationally, um, you know, there was a lot of confusion uh, in the moment of why wasn't this a foul? Why isn't, why isn't Filipowski shooting these free throws at the end of the game? And, you know, obviously the ACC issued a statement uh, a few hours after the game on Saturday night. Um, is there a protocol like, you know, nationally, what, what is the protocol like for officials? Uh, would, would any conference that you know of make them give a statement, you know, a after the game is over to the media to kind of clarify that situation? Because no one really knew what was going on. Uh, I think the answer is no. Um, in the tournament, yes. But nationally, no. And that's a problem. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. Obviously, you know, I cover the Big Ten a lot. There was a game between Indiana and Iowa. Iowa ended up coming back from 21 down. And there was a technical that we saw called on Fran McCaffrey. And yet it was rescinded. Uh, and there was never an explanation how that was even possible. We saw the official make the sign for a T, and then it just wasn't issued. Um, and it came at a crucial point in the game. And yet... We don't know why. You know, now, in the Ohio State-Rutgers game, um, oh, they, they did admit uh, with a statement, by the way, classic Friday night news dump, but came out like Friday at <laughs> the time, um, that the call was incorrectly administered and that the basket should not have counted because Tanner Holden was the first person in bounds and shot it, you know, without establishing himself in bounds first because he's coming from out of bounds. Um, so that was a, a rare case where, you know, there was an omission of, uh, you know, of a mistake being made. But yeah, it's a problem that there's no, that that, that accountability. Look, they're all human. You know, 90% of the time, these games go without go on without any issues. Um, but in the games where something does happen, especially at the end of the game, I'll give you another one too that was crazy last week as well was between Butler and Xavier, I had never seen this before. There was an end of game goaltending dunk. You know, I, you know, I've just never seen a goaltending on a dunk. Yeah. And that's how the game ended, and Butler beat Xavier. 
Oh, wow. I, I didn't, I missed that. I have to go Who's the last one? That. That's, that's crazy. That's crazy. How does that even happen? A goaltend on a duck? Yeah, I mean, it looked like a block. Um, Unless you come in out. under the rim? I don't know. Yeah. I... <laughs> wow. Well, um, I, I do think maybe because of these events that that we'll we'll be able to revisit this in the off season and you know the basketball committee can can look at it i mean obviously you know being in the media we tend to want explanations for stuff a lot of times but i also think it's it's only fair to the to the viewing public you know to actually know what is going on and to the players and coaches too um because this is kind of a this is like a gap uh, right now. Um, and, uh, since we brought up Duke, I wanted to give a shout out and happy birthday to coach K who, uh, who recently celebrated his birthday. I'm sure he's listening. Um, he's not listening, but <laughs> just throw that out there. Um, well, let's get back to how bad, by the way, by the way, I, I do find it, you know, it's interesting that, um, you know, everyone's different on how they handle the post-retirement, you know, like Jay Wright, isn't going to Villanova games, but he's visible because he's doing TV. Uh, Coach K has not, I mean, I know he goes into his office and does his thing, but he's not, you know, around the program. The late, I mean, physically that we see, at least that we see, I think. Um, you know, the late great John Thompson would park himself at practice, <laughs> you know, and now his son was coaching at the time, but he was very visible. Roy, Roy's everywhere. Roy's like in every game. Roy is everywhere. Roy, Roy did cut a, a commercial with a local TV station where where they had him like dressing up in the Ramsey's mascot, and so there's it, a point where he's taking the the uh, the hat off, the head off, and saying said something like "Ooh, it's hot in there" or something like that, and it's kind of funny just how 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 visible Roy has been and. Uh, I kind of love it. Him and his wife uh, Wanda doing the swag surf at games, home games. It's it's kind of fun to see him enjoy himself. Well, let's get back to uh, how bad this tournament. I mean, how bad the ACC is in the in the league. But but in all seriousness, you have them right now in your in your uh, tournament brackets. You have the ACC tied for the most bids with the Big Twelve and Big Ten with eight teams uh virginia miami duke pitt nc state carolina wake and clemson uh you think they could realistically get to the finish line with that many no um you know i'll be honest i thought like a week or two ago i was bullish on wisconsin michigan and penn state not all three but i felt like two of the three would be in our bracket when we were going to do this and then they've all lost yeah. And now they've got this mountain to climb because I thought for sure the Big Ten would have nine. Now I'm not so sure. Um, you know, the SEC has fallen off to now where they're clinging to six. It'd easily be five. You know, the Pac-12, uh, you know, I had four to five at one point with Arizona State and Utah, and now I only got three. Uh, the Mountain West, I had four at one point. Now I got three, and that could easily be two, you know, by weekend. Um so all these other leagues are kind of shrinking and that's opened up more opportunities for a league like the ACC. But, you know, I, I would say that I am very confident 
in Virginia, Miami, Pitt, and Duke. And I'd say to some extent Wake Forest, believe it or not, because I think they have good wins. Um, I am less confident uh, in NC State and Clemson, believe it or not, in holding their spots. And I just feel like Carolina's going to find a way to win enough games. But, you know, they still got to make sure they, they keep doing that. Yeah, well, they ju- they just lost their quad one win since Ohio State has, has just fallen in the tank. So, yep. <laughs> so right now, I think it's 0 for 8 officially in quad one games. And the only two opportunities right now, uh, barring, you know, somebody somebody's status getting better is uh at nc state on saturday and um and virginia uh who comes to chapel hill and miami could end up being a a chance you know right now they're outside of the top 30 in the net and uh you know maybe maybe that ends up being a quad one game later but um so your power 36 now power 36 represents the at-large bids for the ncaa tournament correct yeah, and, and and this is a, you know, as you know, in social media, people don't do do not do nuance. Yeah, and <laughs> um, yeah. So the number is a playoff of the at large. It doesn't mean they are the at large. Um, it's just to differentiate from the top twenty five because they have Vanderbilt in because they're the team of the week. Yes, but and also like projected. correct and. Like, what I do is I try to just highlight teams that are having a really good week and who's playing well. And that's why sometimes teams fluctuate all over the place. And, you know, Arizona, they're going to be, they're comfortably in the field, comfortably in, okay? But I didn't have them in my top, I still ranked them, didn't have them in my top 25 because they just lost at Stanford, you know, one of those bottom teams in the Pac-12. Yeah. Uh, UConn which I was still just shocked that they were ranked for those weeks. You know, they were in sixth place in the Big East. Uh, Now, they just beat Marquette, so I did put them in, but they were in sixth place in the Big East. And during that stretch, they weren't playing well. Now, were they still a tournament team? Yes. Were they a team worthy of, like, a top 25 ranking? No. Uh, And, you know, that's why, look, there's so many AP voters. I think there's, like, 65. You can't get in everyone's head. Not everyone's watching everything. Not everyone takes it seriously. But, you know, th- that's the difference. The Not to sound like a, a wonky, you know, selection committee member, but the when you do a bracket or seating, that is the whole season. When you do a ranking, that is based on just this past week's games. Yeah. Where you are at the time. Yeah, I get it. So you have NC State at 36 this week. Um, I, I wanted to get your quick thoughts on on just our local teams, and we'll and we'll get out of here. But um, what do you like about the pack this season? Well, I you know it's weird. Like they've been like sneaky good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there wasn't much buzz about them. Uh, you know, in the preseason, uh, uh, zero buzz. It, it was it was will Kevin Keats survived a season? That was the buzz. Yes. <laughs> But I, I think everyone should have taken notice with that win over Duke, you know, and then they followed that up. I mean, they had a great stretch in that middle part of the ACC where they beat Duke, won at Virginia Tech, beat Miami, um, and then obviously didn't have a letdown when they went to Georgia Tech. So, like, that, I think, really changed the narrative. They, You know, that win at Wake was another one that sort of made you stand up and notice. 
Like they've got really good wins um, that are going to keep them going here. Um, you know, they've got a tough slate down the stretch. Um, you know, I don't think Syracuse is a tournament team, but it's on the road. Then you got Carolina, Wake, and Clemson all at home, but none of them are going to be easy. And then they end at Duke. Um, you know, so this is going to be an intriguing slate. It's going to be difficult. Um, but I, I still think they, you know, they get there, but I, you know, they, they easily could be a first four team if they go, let's say they lose like four more and have 10 losses total through the tournament. You know, that just feels like a first four team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Duke, you already mentioned, you know, talking about, uh, if they were healthy, but, um, it, it, how do you feel like, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to, to catch up with John Shire, um, you know, during the season, but, you know, just from your perspective, how do you feel like he's handled this transition to the new era of Duke basketball? Uh, I think, well, um, you know, because this has not been easy. It's never easy to take over for a legend, as you know. And this is an incredible, difficult situation. Plus, you've got transfers and, you know, young guys. I mean, the whole thing is difficult. Um, and to not have your full roster. But I do think, even though they've lost the last two, and, and they played well in Virginia, we know that. That was a bounce-back game after getting blown out by Miami. So I think this is a monster test for them because this schedule is incredibly manageable the rest of the way. Home Notre Dame, at Syracuse, home Louisville, home Virginia Tech, home NC State, good revenge game, uh, and then at Carolina. So, you know, they have a chance, and they may be favored in, you know, their final five games heading into Carolina, um, which could change that. Now, they've obviously had some stinkers, so... Could they lose at Syracuse? Yes. Could they get upset by Virginia Tech at home? Yes. Could they lose to NC State at home? You know, then we might have a different conversation in a couple of weeks. And and lastly, North Carolina. Uh, you said you think they'll find a way. Have, 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 can you remember any team, though, with this much experience um, off of not even a team that reached the championship, but just the team that had a good tournament run? Maybe a Sweet 16 team or Elite 18, but... You know, the expectations were high and they just haven't lived up to it. Can you remember, is there a team comparable to what, what has happened to Carolina this year? I mean, I know there has, but I, I don't know why I'm not just, I'm just not thinking of it. But, um, you know, Brady Manick obviously was a real important piece. Um, I do think that it's easier to be on the chase than to be chased. Yeah. And um, I just feel like they've lost their edge. Uh, which they certainly need to get back. Um, you know, their schedule, as we talked about, is really difficult. Miami, at NC State, home Virginia, uh, home Duke, uh, just because, you know, it's obviously Duke Carolina. Uh, you know, normally you'd say at Florida State's hard, but shouldn't be this year, or same with at Notre Dame. But, I mean, they're going to have to scratch and claw in these final six games. Yeah, we will see if they have the fortitude to do it. I kind of felt like early in the season, uh, they kept waiting to flip the switch. Like it was like it's okay that we're not playing the way that we should because we can turn it on. Almost like an NBA team 
you know, like in the regular season, like this is, you know, when, when the playoffs come, that's what will be serious. Right. I, I kind of feel like there's there's been that kind of mentality, but I think I think it changed at Wake Forest and, and the rest of the way, even if they lose, you know, we'll see a different kind of effort and a different kind of focus for them. But, uh, you know, I guess that is why they play the games. <laughs> well, this has been a great uh, discussion, Andy. I appreciate your insight and uh, dropping some knowledge for our ACC Now listeners. You can check Andy uh, on in, uh, NCAA.com. You can get his up-to-date weekly Power 36 rankings and his NCAA tournament predictions. Uh, also, you also do a podcast, right? The March Madness 365 podcast. Well, actually, we, we, what we've been doing, we've been doing sort of a Bleach Report uh, reaction to the Top 25 poll on the VR app. Um, so we've sort of taken a different approach this winter. Uh, I control all these things and a lot of things, you know, <laughs> links and hits and all that. So no doubt. Well, you know where to find him. And yeah, thank you. Gentlemen. Thanks for being on. And come back next week to catch another edition of the ACC Now podcast.